going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Wednesday afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. And for someone I haven't seen for many months... Marinenshi. How are we doing on that whole he's in once a month kind of thing? Well, not really well. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that's my fault. We started, and today is Wednesday. What Wednesday. happened to our third Thursday of the month? And especially because the Thursday was usually the donut day here. Wednesday, we have nothing for you. So. What? Yeah, nothing for you except oh. for phone calls and questions. I from just assumed there were donuts every day. No, it doesn't work that way in radio. We have a very small budget. Four, I'm leaving. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Yeah, we have been trying to kind of get our schedules together to be able to return to our monthly visits with Marinanchi, where he gladly takes your phone calls, your questions, your comments. And there's been a lot that's been happening, Mary Nancy. Holy so, cannoli, there's uh, been a lot going exactly. on. I, I, I've got a few things down here, but where, why don't I start? You went to Pyeongchang, had a great experience there? Well, you know, not as good as Rio, because of course at Rio, I met really cool people from Calgary who were there. I happen to have been in Rio and interviewed the mayor then, yes. We literally ran into one <laughs> we another. Did. We ran into one another <laughs> at, uh, at the uh, equestrian. Equestrian, and I was like, right. The media from Calgary <laughs> follows me on vacation. And I, I, wasn't, I wasn't following him, but it did make for... Um, but you actually did interview me on your phone on the sides of the I thing. Did. It was great. So Pyeongchang... Anyway, so Pyeongchang. Let's yes. talk about Pyeongchang. So, you know, I was, I was not there on vacation as I was in Rio. Uh, I was actually there to do a bunch of fact-finding for what a Calgary 2026 bid might look like. And so, you know, biggest thing I learned is that windowless boardrooms with PowerPoint presentations in Korea... Pretty much the same as Windows mm-hmm. Sport News with power presentations everywhere. Good news is I did get to see a little bit of sport. Uh, I believe that, if my memory is right, Canada won 29 medals, a record haul of medals. And of those 29, depending on how you count, between 21 and 25 were people who trained in Calgary. And so the Speaks legacy, legacy, yeah. the legacy mm-hmm. of 88 is a really big deal. And so my job was to really figure out two things. Number one, could we host in 2026? We already had an answer to that question. And the answer was, yeah, and we do a great job. Uh, And I really confirm that in Pyeongchang. Yes, and we do a great job. The real question that we as a community have to grapple with over the next few months is, should we do it? Is this the right time to do it? Is this a priority for us? Should we spend money on it? And one of the big questions that I was sent to Pyeongchang by council and, frankly, by citizens was... Do you think the IOC is serious about reform? Do you think that after Sochi, and indeed after Pyeongchang, which are very expensive winter games, that they're serious about a more cost-effective, a more transparent, a more ethical, a more open games? And so I got the chance to really look them in the eyes, sit down eyeball to eyeball with this stuff, and I can come back and say, yeah, I'm confident that they're very serious about reform. You know, I'm not going to make any... Uh, speculations about their motives. Have they found God? (laughs) Or do they think that there's too much damage to their brand and it needs to get fixed? I don't know. But I know that they're serious about reform. I know that anything we move forward with, if we move forward, would be something that is honest and ethical and open and transparent and very cost-effective. Cost-sharing? What about And if that's not what they want, that's not what they want. 
Because a big question is cost sharing, profitability, what happens with that, security costs. I know they've mentioned throwing in $900 million for security. But it, it, I think the other question is when you say we've got to make that decision on whether or not we go forward with a bid, a lot of my listeners are saying, when do we get a say whether or not we should even go so far as a bid? Yeah, that's a great question. And so we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we've done engagement throughout, but we want to make sure that the next level of engagement is really with facts. So we've kind of squirreled away and gone, okay, how much do we think this will really cost? Uh, Where do we think the money would come from? How much would taxpayers at the federal and provincial level pay? Uh, What might the city pay, which actually is a very, very small portion of the whole thing. And so then we want to come back to uh, Calgarians and say, okay, does this make sense? And so we'll be announcing how we're going forward with that public engagement in the next week or two. I think it's coming to council on the 19th of March, if I've got my dates right. Um, And then we have to relatively quickly have a conversation with Calgarians about what they think. You know, there was one poll done just before Pyeongchang, a national poll. We didn't do it. But it was done that showed, you know, incredibly high support. Uh, for hosting the Olympics in the prairies and particularly in Calgary. But we want to have that conversation uh, and see if the whole thing makes sense for all of us. So the timeline from here is we'll do some engagement over the spring. Council really has to make a go-no-go decision in June because at that point the Canadian Olympic Committee has to tell the IOC Mm -hmm. whether we're interested or not. And then in October, the IOC opens the formal bid process and that bid process takes only one year. So between October and the following October is when they'll actually make their decision. So you've got to have a good sense of what Calgarians are feeling by June, are you saying then? With yeah, that timeline? By, by June would be preferable, certainly, absolutely by October, um, because you wouldn't want to withdraw after right. October. And I will say this, which is I think that obviously we would do an amazing job. I think that if, and we got to meet some of the other competing cities that are thinking about this as well while we were there. And I really believe that if we bid, we would have an incredibly compelling bid. And I I think that would be a very, very positive thing for the IOC. And so the decision really has to be ours if it's something we're willing to commit to for the next seven or eight years. Well, we've got Drew Farrell last night at the University of Calgary saying she's pretty sure we're going forward with a bid. You know, the, the, the sentiment that already that's going to be happening. She said something really funny, uh, and I have a lot of respect for her point of view on this, and she's asking good, proper, hard questions. But she said something funny last night, which I saw on Twitter. I wasn't there myself. She said that... Council is emotionally decided, which is sort of a funny thing to say. And I was like, actually, Drew, you've emotionally decided that you're opposed to it and nothing will change your mind, uh, which is fine. Because there's a um, lot of emotions in yeah, this, right? Which is fine. Uh, council is not emotionally decided. If I, uh, I don't even know what that means. But um, if, let's be blunt, if this were a done deal, the deal would have been done. Why would we be going through all this drama? This really is a very different process than any... Uh, city's ever gone through and it's one that really is very open with the books saying this is what we need now i want to the other thing to be clear about here is that that 1988 legacy is very strong and i'm very proud of it but those facilities are getting on in years Mm -hmm. and by the time 2026 comes you're going to have almost 40 year old facilities and so at some point we're going to have to spend some public money to 
revitalize, rejuvenate these facilities. And so does having an Olympics and getting that billion dollars from the IOC give us a great excuse to do a bunch of work that we need to do anyway and take some of the cost off the local taxpayers? So that's not a very sexy question, but it is a good question for us to think about whether we're moving forward or not. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take a break. We've got some calls lining up as well as text. 403-974-8255. More things to get to as well. But as always, this really is your opportunity to ask the mayor any questions that you have on your mind. We are back after this. 403-974-8255. Uh, let's get to the phone calls and your questions for Mayor Nancy. Hi, Ivan. Hello. Good afternoon. Hi, Ivan. I was in Vancouver and I was driving, uh, I'd come up to a red light. Well, I'd come up to a light that turns red. In moments, it's green again. So these guys go, those guys go, these guys go, those guys go. And it was so efficient. It was like people moved, whereas Calgary roads that hardly have any traffic the light turns green for them two cars go through and you're sitting there the other opposing traffic is waiting and waiting and finally eventually they get to go so the duration of the red lights is ridiculous if i owned a business i would be losing so much money with my crews delivering services or products it would be like a, such a huge waste of time with the duration of the red lights the lrt train goes by it's gone. The gates are still down. And a long time later, like the guy's not going to throw it into uh, reverse. <laughs> you know, no, that's really so, hard to do with an LRT. Yeah, like, wait, wait a minute, come on. So I, I heard an interview on QR77 with this a city guy, a traffic control guy. He said the word control three or four times in, in only a few minutes, like he's a control freak or something. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. But it does not make sense. It's not user-friendly for the people of this city. So I can help on this a little bit. You're um, hired. <laughs> Thank so, you. That's all I have to do. Yeah, th- thanks, Ivan. I can give, I can give a quick response. Uh, so, you know, people always complain to me, oh, the lights are not synchronized, uh, the management doesn't work. And I always remember what happened after the flood. Because after the flood, the traffic management system actually did go down. And when it goes down, the synchronization of the lights degrades over time. And so you could actually really see over the two weeks or so after the flood that the lights just weren't working at all. Because, of course, they're all synchronized every day. But this really is a software problem. So every one of our lights uh, is now connected by fiber optic networks into the central traffic management system. There's a room that looks like NASA mission control where they can change the lights depending on accidents and things like that. But it doesn't always work. There are always ways to make it more efficient. We look at kind of one or two corridors a year and try and improve them uh, as best we can. In fact, on my own commute, I've noticed that one of my lights is a bit out of sync um, every day. So I really encourage people when you got those, you know, in my case, 68th and McKnight, it's very clear that it's just been knocked out of sync. And the left turn signal is not as long as it usually is, and it's causing huge backups. So when you see stuff like that, please contact 311. Uh, and when they realize that there are specific trouble spots, they'll get the software on that. And that software is improving all the time. So it's interesting that Ivan gave the example of Vancouver because, of course, Vancouver is a far more congested city than Calgary. And in the most recent survey, Calgary came out as the least congested city uh, in North America, if I remember correctly. Part of that's the economic downturn, but part of that is the traffic management's actually working pretty well. Is working here well, because yeah. it sounds like Ivan's saying that yeah, they have could, different technology that... It can know. always be better. That technology is forever improving, because you imagine it's a huge, complex, big data problem right. of all these different lights. Because remember, when you have a red light, 
it means the other guy's got a green. But right. when you've got a green, it means the other guy's got a red. And so you've got to be able to move the maximum number of people that you can. But like I say, uh, you can't get, you know, this stuff does degrade over time. And we can't get to every single intersection every single year. So if you've got a persistent problem, call 311 and we'll look at it. Have you ever thought about the snow route parking ban? How Every this, day I think about yeah, the snow route parking how ban. this year it ha- did not work. I mean, it, it wasn't used very often. Three times. But I tell you, when it was used, I had so many people angry with, wait a second, I got a ticket, never even saw a plow go through, or the hey, plow went yeah. through, I got a ticket. Is yeah, if you got a, a ticket, way? if you got a ticket, the plow went through. By the way, yeah. those two those two things go together. But but it hasn't. I've had yeah. people say that you know what? I I got the ticket and we never ever saw a plow. I mean, yeah. it's almost as if you have to have either the tow trucks right with the guys who are clearing the roads um, because it just seems like the last yeah. couple of snow route parking bans we've had so many issues. Yeah, um, actually, um, yes, not as many as in the past when we first started the ban. But remember, we haven't had a ban in a couple of years, right? And so I think people are remembering and. Re- learning but i look at the car across the street from my house which hasn't moved in about six weeks and let's just put it this way that guy is never going to move until spring because how could he without actually calling a tow truck so just given the level of snow we've got in some cases if you really want to add injury to some poor person whose car is frozen in and say and it's at the impound lot by the way i don't uh, so you got to sort this out right you got to be human about it but the real issue here on towing is Unlike the spring street cleaning, where we do it over a series of many weeks, remember that the snow route parking van is for 72 hours max, and we usually finish it in 48 hours. So if the plows had to stop and wait for the tow trucks, even to short tow uh, every car that was stopped there, we would never get the priority two routes done. And so this is kind of the the drawback we have here, what we have to trade off. I mean, the point is, if there's a ban, move your car. Um, and that will just help everyone. And by the way... But I mean, some people said yeah. that I moved my car and we never even saw a, a, yeah, a pe- plow people, come through. People always say that. Um, Calgary.ca slash snow, you can see where the plows are at any given time. And those priority two routes, the ones you actually have to move your car, basically bus routes um, and collect your roads, yeah, they all get done. I live on one, they all get done. Okay, I know I got lots of calls now, so we better uh, get to the phones. Hi, Sarah. Hi, I just have a comment for the mayor. Yep. I think you've already made up your mind about bidding for the Olympics. And you're oh, what, tell me, tell me what I've tell me what I've decided because I have no idea. So if I made up my mind and you can read it, please oh, tell me. You, it would be helpful. Yeah, you've already made up your mind. I'm shocked. <laughs> you got re-elected people are psycho to re-elect you well you know that's very and kind of you to say um did you of, let me ask you a question did you get did you get out and vote money, did you get out and vote did you volunteer for another I campaign did. that is great i'm thrilled you and did it thank you well you know what i think you've already made up your mind so stop bsing on the radio um okay so i'm glad i'm glad you're a mind reader you thank you for using those skills <laughs> where would you like to spend the money in residential areas. Sorry, what? Instead of not even doing that. Okay. No removal so. in residential areas, in new communities. You can't even get out of there anymore. Okay, so do you have specific... Are you calling Are you calling 311? I'd like to answer your questions if that's okay. If you want to rant, you can rant. You can call me anytime and rant. But if you actually oh, have I questions, have can I answer them? I have emailed your office. Uh-huh. I have emailed your office, and there's been no response. So oh. right there shows what type of administration you have going. Well, please do respond again. So but of course, if you email... Radio, I will point out, BS, I will point out, ma'am, 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 can I answer? 
Can I answer? Because whatever is a great answer, and I'm sure that's how you live your life. But really, if you've got concerns, let's have a discussion about it, if that's okay. And I will tell you, if you send an email and you say you're BSing and you're psycho, you're not going to get a response, okay? So if you ask a real question, we can answer those questions, Sarah. But if you're going to hang up and call people psycho, great. But again, if you've got amazing psychic abilities and you can read my mind, just make my life easier and tell me what to do, okay? 403-974-8255. The mayor does take your calls and questions. And I I know I'm always accused of being a Nenshi lover. I'd like to say that anyone who comes into my studio, I try to treat them with respect. And I would like to think you do the same thing. And there is frustration out there. Sarah is saying that residential routes should be. And I I think the concern, though, is, all right, if you want residential routes snow plowed as well there's a cost to it and maybe well, that's the bigger conversation well, we've got remember, to spend and more I'm happy, money i'm happy to answer that question if she let me cut a word in edgewise i would have remember that before 2011 the residential routes were never done they are now done in days four five six and seven of the seven day uh snow removal plan now in february we rarely got to day six because it would snow and we'd have to go back to day one and go back to crow child trail and do it again But I will tell you that I get just as many complaints when we do residential roads as I do when we don't do them. Because people say, why are you wasting my money doing the residential road? And remember on the residential roads, because they tend to be narrow, you can't actually plow from curb to curb because the windrows would be impossible. So on the residential roads, what we do is we grade out the ruts and we put down the gravel. And so I think a lot of people go, wait, my road wasn't plowed, not realizing there's gravel there. Uh, and then the ruts have been cleared. Now, that said, this winter has been really bad for rutting um, just because of the freeze-thaw cycles mm-hmm. we've had. It's been the worst I've ever seen. So we are behind. So if you have roads that, as Sarah was saying, are impassable because um, the ruts are so deep or if you're getting high-centered, please, please, please call 311 and we'll prioritize those. The other thing that we've been really bad at this year because it's day five, six, and seven of the residential plan is clearing the windrows around crosswalks uh, and around bus stops. We put extra money in to do that, you know, for pedestrians, but particularly for elderly and for people with disabilities. And I'll fully admit we haven't done a good job. And so if you have areas that the pedestrians can't get through, you can't get to the bus stop again, please call 311 and we'll make sure we prioritize those. 403-974-8255 is the number you can call us. Mayor Nancy in to take your calls and questions. We're back after this. 403-974-8255, your question for the mayor. I'd like a question. If you want to call in and just name call, that's not a question. And I do have a dump button, which I rarely use because (laughs) I have respectful listeners. And I have a lot of texters saying, oh, you're not going to say what I said in my text. Well, I'm... Anyone who insults my guests, I am not passing that on. If you've got a question, you bet I'm passing that on. But I'm not going to be passing on insults. And frankly, I don't mind getting yelled at. It happens every day, though. It never happens on, no, I was going to say QR77, excuse me, 770CHQR. We have gone through a few name changes, Um, but it's hard to say on top uh, of it. It actually never happens here. But the point is, there are people who are texting and tweeting and calling who I might actually be able to help. Yeah, well, let's get to those ones. Uh, Let's go to Craig, I believe it is. Hey, Craig. Hey, Angela, how you doing? Hey, Craig. Doing well. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Uh, Listen, I I used to be a patrol leader, uh, the the volunteers key patrol at COP. Great. So uh, I also helped out in security and other issues. Quite honestly, Mayor, I, I can't trust the financial amount of money that you guys are coming up with when it comes to what buildings you can use 
for the 2026 games because I didn't know facilities. The ski mm-hmm. jump, the ski jump, as we all know, is obsolete. No yep. The only reason it's standing there is because the amount of money that Windsport makes on renting out that tower to the cable and uh, uh, network people because it's the highest point in Calgary. And training for junior ski jumpers as well, but yeah. Okay, good point, Mayor. But, but basically... Those buildings, I, like, have you ever gone through the Windsport buildings? Oh, yes, in a lot of detail, actually. Have you, have you gone through the basements and seen how, how ugly they are? Have you, seen, have you seen the conditions that the athletes actually train in for weightlifting and everything else with, with the different track sports? It's disgusting. I actually, you know, like, I actually have. And one of the interesting things about it, and I'm not saying one way or the other because uh, I really don't know uh, where we're going to end up on this, but one of the interesting things is, as I was saying to Ange before, is a lot of these facilities need refurbishment. Now, the ski jumps are a special case. The ski jump is the one and only facility where the existing facility will not work. And, and so um, the, track. The, the track is already being refurbished. The, you're talking about the sliding track, the bobsled yeah, skeleton. Yeah, it's not, it's not so, long enough and it's not up to current conditions. So, and, and so, either. That, so that particular one, uh, the track, the province has already funded to bring it up to World Cup standards. So that one will be done. Um, at about 10% the cost of building a new track, by but the way. Nikiska doesn't meet world standards either, Mark. Yeah, which is why we're talking about Lake Louise. So all the questions well, okay, that you're Lake, raising... Lake Louise involves Parks Canada. Parks Canada isn't going to just grant us a, a permit to hold yeah. the thing there. I mean... The, it's, the, like, the, it's like you work in my office, um, because these are exactly the questions... Well, that we're dealing with right now. So this is great. I love this because this is exactly the things we need to sort out and figure out if it makes sense, right? Craig, do you have a question only because I have a full phone board oh, here? Oh, man, no, I'd love no, to keep I, going I, on I, this. I understand. Uh-huh. My, my question is, I quite honestly, Mr. Mayor, I don't trust you and your council and the city administration to give us an honest bid when I look at what happened with the green line and what you told us it was going to cost, and now what we're getting under that that bid. All right, Craig, let's you have know, the and, that, and that's a, and that's a fair point because we have to be open with people, right? In other cities, you would have gotten a totally fake bid, frankly, um, and it would have changed. But there's no there's no political advantage to that. Why why would anyone do that? Uh, the point is that we actually need to work through all the questions you're asking. And figure out whether these things work. So we've done a really exhaustive facility study. It's 5,000 pages long, which is actually super helpful, where we go through every single facility and talk about what's needed here to change it uh, in order to refurbish it. And the IOC has been very clear that they've changed their philosophy that if you're building anything new, that actually is that counts against you in your bid as opposed to something that they want. So the biggest problem is the one that uh, Craig identified, which is the ski jump. Uh, that ski jump is obsolete uh, and would have to be completely rebuilt or you'd have to do it in Whistler. Well, someone says, why don't they just refurbish the landing area? I think people that, don't the, understand. The, that particular one, a, without getting all the technicals, because it's not right. my sport, I don't know much about it. It's just the sport has changed so much that they go much further. Yeah. And so if you were to do ski jump there now, the jumpers would end up somewhere in the middle of the Trans-Canada Highway. That's how, and so basically yeah. you've got to rebuild the whole thing to make it work. So it's not just refurbishing the landing area. Yeah. It's much more than that. Lots of phone calls, lots of texts and questions. 403-974-8255. Let's take a break, though, for traffic. It's 337. 403-974-8255. A lot of people holding on the line. So let's go back to the phone calls. Hi, Ted. How are you? I'm well. Good. Uh, Mayor Nancy, uh, I don't always agree with you, but in this case, uh, I'd like to give you my opinion. Sure. I'm a bit biased because my first date with my wife was uh, 
the 90-meter ski jump final. So I'm a bit biased. In 1988. In 1988, yeah. That's very cool. I was only 16. No dates yet. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit older. But you know what I think we should do? Why don't we have it twice? Do it in 2026. Do it again like eight years later. Call Calgary the Olympic City. And what we should do is build uh, tourism facilities around the venues and use it to see the nation, maybe have them build the stadium, build uh, hotels around it, and then build it so that people can come here and have their kids or them uh, try bobsledding and luge and every other Olympic sport. And instead of just saying, okay, it's a two-week thing, say this is going to be a 10-year thing, and people can come to Calgary in the off years and go in the same facilities, see if they like these sports. And in this case, I I think you could lock in uh, um, TV funding and say, okay, we need TV funding for these two, two, uh, two years. And then you could actually build a budget that makes sense. Anyway, that's what yeah, I Yeah, you know, I love your thinking on this. Uh, and I don't know, a lot of people have been saying, look, the International Olympic Committee should have three cities and rotate between them. So you end up getting it every 12 years or something. Um, I don't know that they'll ever go for that. But I think there's a real gem of something really important in what you're saying, which is if this was only for two weeks, we should never do it. Right. Um, it really has to be about something longer and broader than that. So, you know, to give you an example, I happen to be a huge speed skating fan. That's my favorite sport. And so every year, people probably don't know, but every year we have World Cups and World Championships at the Olympic Oval. It's still among the fastest ice in the world, and people set world records, right? Mm -hmm. And when I go, I love to go, and I'm going for the World Championship. It's the same people you see in the Olympics. And it's me and 200 of my closest friends, 150 of whom have come from the Netherlands to watch, Right. right? Yeah, and yeah. you know the um, the um, Calgary's women's team, the hockey team, the Inferno, they get 250 people out to their games, and these are the same women who play on the national team, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. I would really love to see, even outside of the Olympics, a way that we can use these facilities for families, for athletes who are training, but also just to get a kind of a light shown on some of these sports that are so great. So, you know, for example, one idea I've had is regardless of where the Olympics goes, we really learned about our facilities a lot. So what would happen if, for example, we went to all the sport federations and said, you know what, why don't you do all your World Cups at the same time? And we'll have a Calgary Winter Festival every year in non-Olympic years, let's say, where all of these great athletes and all these different sports are here together. We'll put an arts and culture component on top of it. And it's like a winter sports festival every year so that we can use these facilities. Those are the kinds of creative ideas that I'm really excited to hear that this process has really gotten us through, well, I think. I, I, think it, I think it would go over. And, you know, like I've been to, let's say, New Zealand, mm-hmm. where they will have, like, uh, active sports in the city. And people will come from all over to, let's say, to bungee jump or to do whatever. And if you make it, like, as part of a tourist uh, draw... They, just, you know, come, go to go to Banff, do whatever. But you can, you can, you can actually use the facilities that the pros leave. Yeah, I love it. You know, I got, I got the chance to go down the bobsled run um, with some of the members of the Olympic team three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. What an awesome thing that was, right? And you know, 
obviously I'm not going to start becoming an Olympic athlete, but imagine if you were 10 years old and you had that opportunity and that inspired you well, to do this, right? Ted, uh, Ted, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I just have so many people and uh, so many questions and I just, I, I think it's a great idea. I would also agree that sadly the Olympic sports are ignored every four years. The only time people pay attention is every four years, but in between that period, I've been to the World Cups of some of these events and I thought, gee, no one goes and supports the athletes now. So that's a bigger question as well. Richard, what's your question for the mayor? Hey, thank you for taking my call. Hi, Richard. How's it going? Good, thank you. Hey, um, this year you raised my property tax 3%, and the, the provincial government's raised, get in, the carbon tax has been increased, and God knows what Trudeau's going to do. So I don't know where you think that all this money comes from and how much money us as parents and uh, citizens have to actually continue to raise my taxes on an annual basis it's uh, now you're talking an olympic bid uh please don't start removing more snow don't because i don't remove want to pay more, snow? more taxes mm. over that no no more snow removal and uh you know and then you see all the the bad publicity on the artwork around the city do you think it's fair that you yeah. can continually raise my taxes? Look, I'm, I'm take money out, take money out of my kids' savings and my savings. And okay, Richard, continue. Richard, Richard, I'm oh, yeah. I'm interrupting just because we got so many calls. You've asked a question and lets the mayor respond. And I appreciate yeah. I appreciate that, Richard, because this is the kinds of tough decisions we got to make every day, right? So you're saying don't remove any more snow. You know, we've had already a bunch of calls and texts saying, please remove more snow. So these are the kinds of decisions that we got to make. I'll remind everybody that yeah, it's a tough time. The economy is tough. And people have a good eye, and they should have a good eye, on all of spending, whether it's government spending or your own spending in your house. We continue to have the lowest residential property taxes in Calgary of any big city in Canada. I'm very proud of that. And in fact, we have essentially frozen them for the last two years. Um, uh, and that was important. We had to do it in the time of economic downturn because we didn't want to pile on. But at the same but time, Mayor, but, Mayor, but at the same time, yeah. It's, it's a continual onslaught, whether it be the federal, the municipal, or... Sure, I hear you. I hear you, and we, I can't, we, I can't and speak... We're, pay, we're paying over 50% of our wages mm. in the taxes. And, and, and listen, I can't, I can't speak for the feds in the province, right? But I can't. But I wish I could. All, you're all one. But, Richard, oh, Richard, okay, oh, Richard, I'm going I, to I, hang up, and I'm going I, to let I, the mayor finish, because I've got not. so many calls yeah. here. But I will answer, you know, and I wish I could speak for the feds in province. Gosh, my life would be much easier. About eight cents of every tax dollar that you spend goes to the municipal government the other 92 cents go to the feds in the province and my job is to make sure that that eight cents is cost effective is fair and is giving you the best possible services you can get and that's that's my whole job really is to make sure we do that and i'm proud of our record there but if you ever hear someone say as a politician well i'm going to cut your taxes and i'm still going to provide you with the same services it's it just can't happen and so that's the balance we always have to strive for and i think this government is very efficient and i would put our financial record up against any other government in this country about really being thoughtful with taxpayer money and again i'll remind you the lowest taxes of any big city in the country let's go back to the phone calls here hi joseph your question for the mayor uh, my question is with regards to the uh three garbage beans that we have yes uh the latest one the uh, the green bean in my neighborhood uh they pick it every week yes now i've checked with uh, two neighbors from each side of my house and every week there's only one or two uh bags in there why do we keep it every week 
That is a beautiful question. Joseph, thanks for the call. Thank you so much, Joseph. So we have committed to watching this program for a year and looking at the volumes and seeing how it goes. I can tell you right now uh, what's going to happen. I was, in fact, we have a brand new general manager in that area. He just started on Monday and I said, you're about to do a big review, but let me save you some money. We really should go to a green bin pickup every two weeks in the winter. The volumes are not there, and the fact is they're not going to, you know, you're not going to have problems with rotting and maggots in the winter uh, for that. I think it makes sense to do that. In the summer, even though the volumes are lower, you do have to pick it up um, every week because people just do not want to deal with the smell and the issues otherwise. But I think in the winter, it's very well worth considering moving that to an every two-week pickup. So, and Joseph, the, that might be happening yeah, then. And the every two weeks on the black bin, uh, it seems to be working very, very well. The amount of material in the black bin since the green bin was introduced has gone down more than 50% in just the first few months. And that's not including, you know, yard clippings and things that used to go in there. So the two weeks on the black bin seems to be working. I'd love to hear some feedback on that. But I agree with you that the green bin pickup in the winter, we probably need to look at that. More phone calls. Uh, hi, Chan. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. Hello. Thank you so much for taking my call, and thank you, uh, Nancy, for uh, taking the, uh, talking to me. I was happy. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, let's take this way because I was listening to the radio, uh, uh, to the callers for last uh, uh, pretty much forty-five minutes, and uh, all the questions which I had in my mind, they pretty much asked all of them <laughs> except one. Okay, go. So my question is: I live in northeast side. Me too. I was, yeah, yes, uh, that's my player. So uh, I was wondering, because I, I was born and raised in Pakistan, and I love cricket. Mm-hmm. So we have so much people live in this area. They love cricket. So mm-hmm. do you have any plan to make any small or or a whatever size of a, a kind of a stadium which we could practice uh, uh, freely or frequently in there? Yeah, so we have we have a shortage of every kind of sport field in the city. But I have absolutely heard the cricket increase, particularly in northeast Calgary, in a big way. So you know there is a new pitch at Prairie Winds Park that we opened last summer. Um, yeah. I haven't actually checked it out, but I understand it's very good. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. And the other good news is that the new uh, city councillor for the area, Councillor Chahal, is a real mm-hmm. sportsman, right? And so we're looking at a plan right now about kind of the future of our recreation facilities. And there's some big priorities on there, big expensive priorities on there, like more indoor soccer, uh, like more sheets of ice. But it also talks about outdoor facilities. And it's really important that multi-use facilities that you can use for different sports, but also specific facilities for sports like soccer and cricket are an important part of that. So keep an eye out over the next several months as we start to talk about our future recreation capital plan and make sure that we hear loud and clear that cricket, and by the way, the other one I hear all the time in Northeast Calgary, field hockey, um, are front and center in our minds. Chan, thanks for the call. Here's a text. Thanks, Chan. Hi, I'm actually sorry to hear you are getting such a rough ride on the Olympics. Yes to the Olympics. No to more snow plowing on residential streets. See, this is interesting, right? Because I will tell you that in my office over almost eight years, 50-50. Do it and don't do it. I think that the balance Wait, that we've the gotten... do it or don't do it, the snow removal, or are we talking about the Olympics? Sorry, the snow removal. Okay. <laughs> the Olympics, um, I, I would say... I think Olympics are 50-50. I would say 60-40 in favor. Okay. But I would... But I, would argue, but I don't know, yeah. right? <laughs> this is engagement we have to do. But I would argue that nobody out there is championing the Olympics. And that's very much on purpose, by the way. People keep telling me, sell me the Olympics. And I'm like, no, our job is to actually figure out if it makes sense. And listen, once Calgarians say we want to do this, I'll be a huge salesman.
But right now we have to be very open to this conversation. But back to the residential snow removal, I think that the balance we've got right now where we grade the residential roads, try not to create windrows, try not to uh, block in the cul-de-sacs, but also get rid of the ruts. It probably is a good balance in that it makes nobody happy, but it kind of makes sense. So, But again, this last six weeks... The ruts in some places are horrible, so call 311 and we'll try and fix them. All right, let's get back to the phone calls. Hi, Stephen. Hi. Hi, Stephen. Um, I, I'm going to apologize at the start because I'm actually a little psycho myself. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. So, I, I, okay. You see, Angela is really offended by it. I actually don't mind so much. I like mixing it up, but go ahead, Stephen. <laughs> I'm not going to mix it up with you, but I, I do want to talk about, like, dog parks okay. and the maintenance that needs to be put into them you know okay go ahead is there like a committee or a group or someone that could uh you can contact yeah look after that you know because do you have a specific dog park where there's a problem oh uh there's more than one actually so like at beddington yeah i think it's called nose creek yeah i know it yeah yeah at times there like sue higgins is a great park i love that park yeah yeah if it snows my dogs go psycho because I can't open the gate quick enough. Okay. Because the the snow builds up there, and then the poor folks that uh, have canes or other problems slip and slide. Like there's just nothing done to any of them. Like build up so the water flow doesn't happen, and okay. little little dogs can get under the gates. And I I, I have to tell you, uh, Mr. Mayor, I contacted three one one, and no good. And the, no, no responses, and uh, and uh, you know what I I I did also at the time like Sean Chu was yes our, yes my counselor and and he did uh, I did get a call from somebody after I spoke with him, but there was still nothing really okay done about it, and you know just one more yeah. I'm I could be fined if I don't pick up my dog poop, uh-huh. but anybody with a Tim Hortons or a cigarette can just liberally drop it where oh. they want. Drives me insane. So let me deal with your issues backwards. Um, You can still be fined if you've got a Tim Hortons thing. And the one thing that I do every spring, and you're going to hear me do it this spring when I do community cleanups in the spring, is cigarette butts. For some reason, people do not think cigarette butts are litter. They are litter, and they do not biodegrade, and they kill the trees. Do not flick your butt out the window, for heaven's sakes, and do not litter them. Sorry, that's my little rant. Um, Yeah, we're on the same page there. (laughs) On the dog parks... um, First of all, you're not psycho at all. This is actually super helpful, so thank you. Um, and I was going to say, call 311, and if that doesn't work, call the counselor. You've already done those two things. So send me an email, please, mayor at calgary.ca. Don't forget the the. And be very specific with, you know, this gate is a problem where the dogs can get under this one, and we will, ex- we will uh, accelerate that as best we can. Dog parks are sort of the third rail of municipal politics, you know, uh, in that people always are upset about them because there's not enough or there's too many or you've taken my park away for dogs or I don't have any places to take my dogs. We actually have, I think, a very thoughtful dog park strategy. In fact, that was former Councillor Brian Pincott who really pushed that starting at River Park, uh, another great mm-hmm. dog park. But... Um, but that's about building them and making sure we've got fenced and non-fenced parks in various places. But yeah. this issue of maintenance and making sure we've got them right, you know, that's something that I can push through with our parks department and make sure they've got an eye on that. Stephen, thanks for the call. Thank and you. I have been focusing on the phone calls because uh, the phone board has been jammed. Let me see if I can squeeze in one more real fast call. John, you've got about 30 seconds. Hi, John. 
Yeah, I, I live on uh, 21st Avenue, right by 21st Ave, uh, uh, 14th Street. Northwest or southwest? southwest? Southwest. Southwest, got it, okay. Now, for me to go downtown, I take a bus because I'm yes. blind. Yes, and I, I don't have ballots. But right at the corner of uh, 14th Street and 21st Avenue, there's a huge, massive bunch of ice. Okay. And, and, and they've never cleared it ever. Ever. Okay, and, that, and I've told several police to clear that, and whoever else, bus drivers, whatever, and it's never been done, and it's extremely dangerous to go over this big hill. Yeah, I know exactly where you mean. Okay, 14th Street and 21st Avenue Southwest, yeah. so sort of at the top of the hill near the school there. Exactly. Okay, I'm on it. I've okay. written it down, and I will follow up. John, thanks so much for the call. Uh, you know what? Hopefully we can keep doing this every month because <laughs> there's obviously I lots love of it. I comments love it. and questions for the mayor. Thanks so much for playing along. We've got news coming up next. 911 on a new night Thursday March 14th on Global stream on Stack TV